Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Super excited to be here. I have missed you guys. Uh, unfortunately, I had my own struggle this past week. I had to make the very difficult decision to send my sweet, sweet dog over the Rainbow Bridge after a series of seizures. And uh, it's been a tough week, but I am so grateful for all of you, all of your love and prayers and support. It has just been overwhelming. So I am super glad to be back here today and bringing a message this morning of hope with my very dear friend, Brian Benstock. And I don't think we could have a better message following Glenn's segment this morning about being a steward for your finances and your friends and family. And literally just, we have to do, I think, God's work. And I think so many times in my life when I struggled with things, Pouring into others is literally how I got through that. And so we're going to be talking this morning about tips for turning your mess into a message. And uh, we've got some great takeaways. I, I really hope this morning uh, that you stay with us. Good morning, Brian Benstock. How are you, my friend? How was your weekend? Weekend was terrific. I'm terrific. I'm uh, loving, loving uh, this part of the year. This part of the year is always my favorite part of the year. It's a year as a get to everything that we've sown during the year at the end of the year so uh, it's, it's absolutely my favorite time i love the fall love what, what happens to the foliage it's just a a good reminder of how life goes you know that uh, things grow and then they uh, they change and then they hibernate for a little while and then they come back and it's it's uh you appreciate these seasons more and more but this what the heck happened to this summer it came and it went and i think it's because last year was so screwed up that this year you know that that summer we just got out there and enjoyed it and but it, it went really quickly uh for me anyhow this year it did and i so share your sentiment about the fall it is absolutely my favorite year as well so i'm excited for fall to finally get here it's going to be a great 
great, great rest of the year, I believe. So, so, so talk to me about this turning your mess uh, into a, uh, a message or uh, what, what is that about? How are you approaching this? So I really believe, you know, and a lot of people I'm sure share, share this with us, you know, life doesn't come with a handbook, right? I personally choose to believe that the handbook for my life is the Bible, uh, but not everybody has to share that same belief. You know, we all face hurdles and how we handle them, I truly believe, is what defines our character. But today, what my hope and goal is, is that we're going to leave people better than they came. And I hope that you realize through this message that your past does not define your future, that the struggles that you have or are facing right now are meant to carve out your purpose, right? We hope that you walk away taking action and you're able to begin sharing your story so that you can heal and walk through whatever it is that you have or are going through, that you're able to talk about the battles you faced and how you've overcome them. And if you're in the middle of a storm right now, our hope is that you're going to walk away with actionable advice for leaving your battle on the battlefield and that today you can begin taking steps towards healing and helping others to do the same. It's really difficult to move forward in life if you don't make peace with your past. And several years ago, I had the fortunate honor and blessing uh, that I literally just said yes to an opportunity, an opportunity that I had absolutely no intention of saying yes to, uh, but it ended me up at Glenn's conference, right? On a stage, breaking chains while holding the snake of all things that I'm absolutely terrified of. And it broke so many chains in my life and it allowed me to kind of break free from that pain in the past and all of the struggles that I had had to go through. And at that point, I made the decision that it was time to let go and I began pouring into others and it changed my life in ways that I cannot even begin to express. It was one of those moments I think that some of you were there for and you know, to be able to connect in such a way that I was able to let go and let God and move forward it did so many incredible things for my life. And so that's what I want people to walk away with today. I want people to be able to let go of the things that have been holding them back. And more importantly, to give themselves and others grace and go forward with a winning mindset and a game plan for continuing to walk in their purpose. So that's what this is about today. Okay, I, so, so by the end of today, I should be able to hold a snake. Not kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would not recommend that. That was the scariest moment I think I've ever experienced. Yeah, well, there's a lot of snakes out there in the jungle, and you know, and metaphorically, you gotta keep your eye out and be able to deal with them and learn how to deal with them. So uh, that, that's that, that's great. We'll start us off, Michelle. Yes, we absolutely do. You always have to be aware that there are snakes in the grass. There are people that are going to come for you. There are going to be haters of plenty, especially as you continue to grow. And as you're walking in your purpose, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I believe that if you're armed with the right tools and the right people, that you truly can get through anything that you go through in life no matter how much of a tragedy it may be. And, you know, like I said, I'm no stranger to tragedy. I'm no stranger uh, to those things happening in your life. And, and Glenn's message this morning was so spot on. You know, I think sometimes that, you know, God takes things away from us because we aren't glorifying him where we're not walking the way that we're supposed to be walking. And again, you don't have to identify or agree uh, with what we believe collectively, uh, but at the same time, I think that it's important, you know, that we all start to focus on the future and we can't live in the past anymore. I did it for so long 
And uh, I, I promise you that when you start walking forward with grace and grit, your life changes. So I'm going to hop into these again, guys, if you're just tuning in, we are talking today about seven tips for turning your mess into a message. And so my first tip of the day is decide that you will not give up no matter what, right? Understand that anything worthwhile takes time and that during this time in your life, tenacity is going to be your biggest ally. You know, our passion and purpose, I think, are sometimes derived from our personal struggles. And through that, we're going to birth a desire from our pain to either help others or make an impact. And when you decide that you're going to press on, I think sometimes that going through that pain can be the greatest gift that you can give yourself and those around you. And I want people to understand today, you are loved, you are needed, and your life has meaning. Don't give up right? Everything that you want in your life is on the other side of fear. Write that down. Everything that you want in your life is on the other side of fear. And until you're able to face it and walk that journey, you're going to continue to struggle. And that's been my personal experience. What about yours, Brian? Are you there, my friend? Maybe we lost Brian Benstock. Tamra, you are you there, my dear friend? I know you. I'm sorry, I'm, just, I'm here. Some, I was talking to myself. There uh, are you uh, talking I'm to yourself. Mute. That's all right. We yeah, all do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, you know, the, the the deal with this is there's no such thing as failure. It's only quitting. And so many of us equate uh, running into a difficulty as failure, and it's not. That's part of the process. And you know, I, I think it's really important that we come up with processes that help us in the direction that we want to go. And we spoke about this a little bit on Saturday that, you know, you got to trust the process and don't rush the process. Trust the process. Things take time, especially those things that are meaningful. They're going to take a long period of time. And, you know, you've got this, uh, this thing called this miracle called the Internet and social media where we see these you know, kids that are barely of, of, you know, barely reach puberty and they're all millionaires and gazillionaires, uh, allegedly. And, and it can make people, everybody compares themselves and they say, wait a second, look at this kid. She's got that. Look at this guy. He's got that. And, and you know, A, you know, many times it's all an illusion. And B, you know, that has nothing to do with what you're doing on your journey. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a restaurant in the city, and a bunch of fancy pants cars there, right? And a couple of guys show up, and all of a sudden, they're taking pictures in front of the cars, and there's photographers there, and the baller's life, and baller's life. And then a crew came and took the cars away. You know, they had, they're not their cars, but, but you know, to whatever video they were making, to whatever... Uh, thing that they were filming on Instagram for whatever the cost was, and, and and my God, you know, you would think these guys were all dressed up, and you 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 would think it was their their stuff there, and you know, so we got to be careful about the illusions that we see out there on, on Instagram, where you see somebody, a man or a woman in fantastic shape, and you just got to know that didn't just happen overnight. That didn't happen by taking a a, 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 a tablet or going to the gym two or three times. It's usually an amount of dedication. Yesterday, when I logged on to Instagram, some guy was just in just such phenomenal shape. And the first thing that came to my mind is, man, a lot of work went into that. Not, not hating, not jealousy, just the understanding. And I think 
you know, an appreciation of the fact that these processes take long. And if, if I had one gift that I could give a younger version of myself, it would have been to be a little bit more patient. Uh, and if there's one gift I'd give to my children and to young kids today, it's be patient, to keep going. You know, start start out small, start out small, and then keep going. Start out small by putting away a certain percentage of your income, and start out, man, get your your 17, your 18 year olds to start doing that, or younger, to say, okay, hey, every dollar I get is going to be taxed by me, and it's going to get put in a vault that I don't touch. And when it gets to a certain point, then we're going to invest it. Uh, and, and start out small. Uh, hey, Johnny. Hey, uh, Tarquin. Hey, uh, Trinity. You're going to start reading at an early age, and you're going to read at least 10 pages a day. And, you know, I've been blessed that uh, my, my children have adapted some of these habits. And my, my daughter, Trinity, I think this, this summer, I think she read 40, 45, 45 books. 45. And that's, I can't take any credit for it. I didn't read any, I didn't read a single page for it. And she's reading books that require some real reading. And it's not, not uh, women's wear daily. These are pretty intense books that she's reading. And I say, you know, thank goodness. Thank goodness she was paying attention. And, you know, she started out small. And that's the time to, to do these things. And then over a period of time, whether it's education, you'll get that result. Whether it's finance, you'll have that money. I mean, can you imagine if I had 15% of every dollar I ever earned in my life and put aside and you started that? Well, you know, it's, it'd be a pretty good sum of money. So I, I, I think the um, to get out of the mess, have a path, uh, your own path that you take uh, that you take yourself on. And, and, and you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to get taken off course and get back on that path. The problem like you said initially, Michelle, is life doesn't come with uh, an owner's manual. It's up to us to figure a lot of this stuff out. I could not agree with you more. And, you know, if there's anything that I've learned in my life, and I've repeated it so many times on this stage, it's that how you do one thing is how you do everything. If there is a certain point or a part of your life where you feel like you're failing miserably, it's up to you to make the decision that you have to take action in that area. I've talked about the self-audit piece and all of these things. Everything that I, I'm speaking about today, it's coming from my heart and it's coming from my own experience because there was a time in my life you know, that I, I wasn't walking the right path. There was a time in my life where I felt like everything that I touched just turned to garbage. And it, it literally took a lot of soul searching, but more importantly, it took taking action. And you, you talk about creating those processes. And that's really what I want to dive into this morning is what does that process look like, right? And it's not going to look the same for everyone. But my hope is that, you know, with, some, with the guidance that we're giving you this morning, that you do decide to take action. And if there is an area of your life that you're struggling with, that by taking this action, hopefully you can begin to repair that and that you can move forward from whatever it is that's been holding you back. And so going into that process, I'll go into tip number two here, which is shifting your mindset to a bigger picture mentality, right? I think a lot of times, especially when we're in the middle of a storm, we're so focused on the storm that we can't see the rainbow that awaits us on the other side. And you have to understand that, you know, regardless of what you have or are going through, if you're still breathing, your story is not finished yet, right? Like Brian said, there's going to be bumps in the road along the way. I am certainly, certainly not a stranger to them. But understand that we all require time to heal from the messes that we face. But if you stay stuck in that place, it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help anyone around you. And it's certainly not going to help you. 
And at least for me, a great way to begin healing the hurt was by reinvesting my heart with a bigger purpose and a bigger plan in mind, right? I had to ask myself the really tough questions, but ask yourself, what can I learn from these tough situations? And rather than focusing on the mess itself, figure out how you can turn your mess into something redemptive, right? So in 2016, for those that may not know my story, I mean, I, I went through the most devastating blow in my life. I, I woke up in my husband's lifeless arms and the next day I would figure out and find his suicide note and realize that he had taken his own life. And you wanna talk about a gut to the chest, something that you never could possibly plan for. There were no signs, there was no warning, there were, there were no red flags. I guess maybe in hindsight looking back because I've analyzed it so many times and I, I still don't have answers to a lot of my questions. But I was able to take that pain and literally rise like a phoenix from ash by pouring into other people and creating this motto for myself. And every day that I wake up, I ask God to just put one person in my path, one person that I can pour into and that I can use that pain and I can use my story to save someone else from going through theirs. And, you know, I think that that's been really relevant in my life. I, I think I've grown my wings by literally just trying to pour into other people. And through that process, by pouring into others, by helping other people selflessly, it has made such a, an amazing impact on my life. And the trickle effect down with the messages that I receive and, and the gratitude, it's literally had the, the effect on me to where it's made me a completely different person, completely different than I was three or four years ago when I was in the middle of my mess. And so I think that it's really important sometimes that we, we pull ourselves out of that situation, even if it's just taking a small step backwards and asking yourself, what can I take from this? What's the lesson that I need to learn from this? What is one positive thing that I can take away and use for a message to make my life and the lives of those around me better? And it, when we do that, it's amazing the world that will open up to us when we just stop focusing on that one thing, that thing that we're in the middle of, that storm that we're battling, right? It can't rain all the time. And so I encourage you today that if you are going through something or maybe you're trying to deal with a past transgression, that you try to focus on the big picture instead of staying stuck in that single moment. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? Yeah, you know, I, I, I understand and I resonate with what you're saying, and I, but I think there's a different problem that's hitting most of us or more of us. And, you know, the, the tragedy you had, God, I hope nobody ever has to experience that. But I think there's a malaise that comes over the vast majority of people. What's that old saying? You know, the, uh, 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 that men go, lead lives of quiet, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And, and that, that would, I think, apply to women, too. There's a, there's a quiet desperation, I think, amongst many people who feel unfulfilled, who understand, you know, I see these people doing these amazing things, and I know I should be doing the same thing. And, and so that message uh, for me is it's not necessarily that they're in a mess, Michelle. You know, it's that, it's, it's that pebble that's in the bottom of their shoe that just keeps gnawing at, at them. And over time... That, that puts you in a, in a bad place. And, you know, I think there's a, a certain benefit to going through the struggle. I think there's a certain benefit to wondering and searching for what you, what you need to do. But I think you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision to go in a direction. And, I, you know, for me, discipline and routine, getting a good routine going and understanding it's going to take time. And that's how much time, Brian? I, it depends. You know, it depends on how deep the hole you're in. It, it depends on how committed you are. But what you said before, 
as long as you start stepping to get out of that storm or out of that mess or more more importantly even out of that malaise that you're in you know action is is the best thing you can do the best cure for depression action is the best hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Cure for what's what's ailing you. And, and it all starts with taking that first step, understanding where you're at, how you got there. You didn't get there overnight. It's not going to be overnight to get out. And too many people are preaching the uh, five steps to a happy life and the three steps and the two easy steps and that uh, there are no easy steps. I, I, I do remember, uh, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, when, when I was a kid, in the back of those magazines, there was Charles Atlas, and it was a seven-day course, and there's, there's this guy you know, with big muscles, and I remember completing the seven-day course, and I didn't have the muscles, and I felt like writing him a note, Dear Charles Atlas, I completed your seven-day course. Please send me my muscles. And, and you realize it doesn't work that way. It's not going to be that way. It's the daily routine. It's it's increasing your capacity, whether it be your mental capacity, your physical capacity, uh, your your your, your uh, physical capacity each day, and building on that. And if you go to the gym and you bench press uh, 50 pounds and 50 pounds, and you're going to have a result if you're not doing anything. Uh, but then there's, it comes a point in time when the 50 pounds won't do anything. So you've got to make it 60 pounds or 70 or 80 or 100 or 200, whatever the, the weight that you're pushing. And I think so, too, is it with your schedule. If you have a schedule that you get through pretty easily every day, turn the screw a half a turn to the right. Make that schedule not so easy. And then turn that screw. And with this, I can't get it done. I don't have time. Bull that we tell ourselves, you got to realize, is somebody getting it done? Does somebody have the same 24 hours? Are they getting it done? How are they doing it? And if so, is, is somebody able to, from your income, uh, become uh, f- fiscally uh, in, independent? No, nobody is. Well, that's not true. Because even if you're earning $20,000 a year, there's somebody that figured out how to make that work. Or 30000 or 40000 or 50000 A lot of people think the answer is, i got to make more money. i got to make more money. And, and no, you've got to do a better job with the money you've got. I need more time. I need more time. No, you need to do a better job with the time that you have. And, and, and the notion and the lies that we tell ourselves that we don't have time, that we don't have. You know, some, one of my managers at the store was talking about all the stuff I'm putting on his plate. And he's complaining. And, you know, I said, gosh, you know, if, it, if I'm putting too much on your plate, I'll stop and I'll give it to somebody else. No, 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 don't do that. Well, well you, you tell me you're overwhelmed. And just think, what, what the heck is a day in the life of Jeff Bezos like? What is the day in the life of Elon Musk like? What, what is a day in the life of Oprah at her, in her prime? What was that like? These people were hustling 24 of those 24 hours. They said, okay, I'm going to sleep. Here's what I need for sleep, if they even thought about it. And they're going to apportion a part of that. And then they're going to plan the entire day out and then go ahead and work that plan. Really good step to do. You know, Sunday yesterday we had cloudy weather in New York, and I was so excited. Yes, the weather sucks. This is great. Let me get my my run in. Let me then – I sat at home most of the day writing out what the rest of the month is going to look like. Now all I have to do is almost programmatic like a robot, just go execute on the plan. And it'd be a pretty damn good month 
if I get through that. And I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not a robot. I like to be spontaneous. Well, then in that schedule, put some time in for spontaneity. But understand some of these excuses that we're telling ourselves are the very reason that we're experiencing some of the difficulties that we may be experiencing. You're so spot on with that. You know, you talk about the pebble in the shoe and literally two weeks ago, uh, I was I was privy to one of our pandemic of positivity rooms and it was myself and Shaka Dyson and David Long and just some other incredible people all sharing stories of that pebble in their shoe, right? That literally propelled them forward. And I think sometimes we have to go through those things in life. We have to step on that pebble on our shoe in order to be propelled into our greatest purpose. And so I absolutely love what, that what you do shared you, that. What do you mean sometimes? Always. Always. I, I think God's, God's pretty funny, man. He, she has a plan up there. And just as you start rolling, they throw an obstacle in front of you. Uh, and why? To see if you're committed to your plan. And God's sitting there saying, hey, I'm, I'm a co-pilot with you. But if you're not committed, I got other people that are committed. So I just want to make sure I'm going to check check on you every now and then. I'm going to throw something in you and see if you're still committed. Because it's easy to be committed when the band is playing and the cheerleaders are cheering. That's the easy part of the game. The part of the game is the stuff you're doing when nobody's looking. The part of the game is what you're doing and you're not necessarily posting on Instagram. Oh, big deal. You read 60 pages. My God, you got to post that on Instagram? That should be part of what you're doing every day, whether it's 60 or 50 or 20, or whatever it is to, to, to move yourself forward. And I, and I think a lot of the times uh, when, when, when we hit those obstacles, and we all do, uh, I keep reminding myself they're there for a purpose. They're there to check your, co your commitment. And I have a dear buddy of mine many years ago. I was whining to him about this is difficult and that's hard and people don't understand this. And, and he said to me, Ben Stock, nobody said it was going to be easy. I thought about that, and it's true. Did, uh, Michelle, did anyone tell you in life your life's going to be easy? Did your mom or dad, a uh, husband, boyfriend, a uh, girlfriend tell you, hey, Michelle, life's going to be easy? Nobody told you that. Nobody promised you that. So why is that our expectation? As a species, we've got it pretty damn good. As a country, we've got it really damn good. As a world, we've got it really damn good. All these people whining about everything that's going on. This is we're at the lowest level of death on the planet that we've ever been at. The country, the world is not at war. Uh, we, you know, is it perfect? No. Are there bad, evil monsters out there? Absolutely. But th th we're in a relatively peaceful, relatively good time. And and what happens is we don't even recognize it when we're in that until we have something to contrast it by, like a you know a horrific event, uh, a, a war on our homeland, uh, and then all of a sudden, oh my God. That was such a good time. Oh no! Remember, Michelle, you were complaining back then. You 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 were moaning about how difficult it was then. Oh well, this is really difficult. That was good, I guess. We we need perspective, right? You go to the bathroom, you open up the faucet, water comes out. You flush the toilet, and it flushes. We take that for granted. There's a good portion of this planet that doesn't have that same luxury. You can't drink you can't drink the water out of, out of a fountain. You can't drink the water out of the tap. We, we live in a really great time. This freaking internet, the solution to any problem you've got is on the internet. Just type in a couple of words. You know, how do I? Uh, go to YouTube. How do I? Uh, and type it in. And you're going to have page upon page of, of information if you don't like to read. But, you know, I, I, I was taught many years ago the, the solution to any problem or difficulty starts with the turning of a page. And uh, that, that, that's 
understanding of that philosophy has served me, uh, served me well. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, understanding that there are people out there that are praying for the things that you have right now. And perspective is everything. And, you know, unfortunately, we do as human beings, human nature, right? We do take for granted a lot of the things that we have in our lives. Things like running water, right? That's that's something that, you know, it, it's something that we just naturally assume is always going to be there, right? So uh, uh, Michelle, I, I think I'm not, that's I'm such a good point. You. I'm not telling everybody just be happy because you have running water. I mean, no, no, let's set the bar a little higher than that. But, but, but you do have, you know, we're all sitting here on these $500, $1,000 devices, however many of us are here listening to, and we can listen to anything we want. We can tune in, tune out. We can focus on whatever's going to get us going. And so this is the start of the week. This is, this is your opportunity. This is your moment to get in or get out, right? You're in a relationship that's bad get out you're you want to get into a relationship move towards that you're in a lousy job take a step in the direction of getting a new job you know my, my daughter was complaining a couple of weeks ago months ago my my boss my job my this my that i said just get a new job well i can't but that i can't stop it stop it get another job if that's the best job you can get stop complaining because it's the best job you can get no you don't understand what do you mean i don't understand get another job if you or, or stop complaining about the one you've got you know, it's, sure enough she got another job and she started a, a, a different direction who knows where that direction uh will, will take her it's the same for any of us that have complaints do something do anything but do something complaining whining pissing and moaning is not going to get it uh get it done so and i'm sorry maybe that's uh, an old school method. Nobody's coming to save you. It's nobody's responsibility to save you. Whoever you are, it's yours. Your company, if you're in charge of the company, it's up to you. You wanted to be in charge of the company, now you are. Let's see what all you can do with it. The soil, the sand, the sunshine, the rain. Let's see what you can make of it. Uh, because, you know, I always remind myself, there's some young guy or gal that's trying to take my position. There's somebody that's trying to take my place. There's somebody that, that sees the things that I see as difficulties as, as opportunities. And, uh, you know, let's not lose that perspective. True story, my friend. And I want to just do a quick reset of the room. If you are just joining us, we're so grateful that you're here this morning this is breakfast with champions we are here monday through friday from 5 a.m to 8 p.m eastern standard time and on saturdays we are here from 6 a.m to noon and of course we have club 111 you can get your fix of praise and worship on sundays with us at 111 eastern time again we're so glad that you guys are here with us this morning make sure that you hit that plus button ping some people on in here and of course make sure that you are following our club if you click that little greenhouse above miss barbara's head you can join our club open up some new opportunities and rooms for yourself and uh, continue to get your dose of motivation inspiration and education and again thank you for being here with us this morning again we are talking this morning about seven tips for turning your mess into a message realizing that we all go through life storms and trying to pivot our way out of them so i'm going to shift into tip number three which is to focus on your strengths i think that's a really great place to start if you don't know where to start if you're in the middle of a mess right where do i start where do i where do i shift where do i start to change things in my life 
the one question that has always been asked of me and something that my very dear friend, Glenn Pash, has reiterated time and time again, which is to ask yourself what the one thing is that people have consistently come to you for, right? Whatever it is, it's always been there. But I think sometimes that our human nature can cloud our greatest strengths, especially when we're facing our greatest weaknesses. And when we're able to take a break from the bad to focus on the good, the strengths in our life, it can really begin to shift and transform our mentality. Yes, it's difficult, Brian, and I have just reiterated that. It's very difficult. But as Brian said, even the smallest amount of effort in the right direction can shift you into becoming your greatest self, right? If you don't try, you'll never know. And I, and I think we become sometimes just so complacent with where we are at that we just can't look outside of that situation. And so my advice for you, again, it's, it's to start looking at where your strengths are. Maybe your friends or family, have, are, you're a cook, right? Maybe you make an amazing cake, or maybe you're a great connector of people. Whatever your strength is, leverage that strength and start there. I talk a lot of times about combining your passion and your purpose. A very dear friend of mine, Sharon Lecter, wrote this amazing book called Three Feet from Gold. And she says that the success principle is passion, plus talent, plus action, association, and faith, right? I don't know if I even got that in the right order, but it's really important, right, that you take what you're most passionate about, you marry that with your talent, right? And when you're able to take those two things and then start adding those other multipliers in, it really has the capacity to 10x your life. And so that is always my advice. If you're, if you're in the middle of a situation, that's kind of where I started. I always envisioned myself as a, a great connector of people. And one of those people that no matter what, if someone needs something or a service or, or something to that nature, they'll go and they'll say, hey, do you know somebody? And I go, yeah, I know somebody. Let me connect you with that person. And so for me, it really started by, by pouring myself into other people and by creating this network of just amazing humans. But maybe it's different for you. I really encourage you today to sit down and, and do that self-audit. Ask yourself, where are my greatest strengths? What are my passions? And when you can combine those two things together, you're able to propel forward and you're able to start shifting yourself from that message. But like Brian just said, it's important that you take action. And I'm gonna go into point number four too because I think that there is some relevance here is that I want all of you today to remember that no matter what path you're walking, you aren't alone. I think when I was going through the most tragic time in my life, that was probably the most difficult thing for me to understand. I remember walking through that storm and telling myself that no one in the world could understand. No matter how many people reached out to me or tried to be a voice of reason, I stayed stuck in a really dark place for almost a year. And what finally brought me out of it was this just unbelievable moment where I heard what I will, will choose to call the audible voice of God telling me to get up. But I remember talking to other people. And for some reason in that moment, God started to put people into my life that had experienced the same thing that I had gone through. So I want you to understand that no matter what you're walking through today, you can take some comfort and peace in knowing that there are countless other people who have walked a similar journey as you have, and they've gotten through it, right? The details of your story might be different, but ultimately, I think the plot is the same in many of our lives. We all, we all endure the same struggles, the same battles, whether they're large or small. 
And so sometimes I think that if you join, you know, a local online group or an organization, when you're hearing how other people found their strength, I think that it will also help you to find yours. And so I encourage you today to just keep that in the back of your mind, that whatever you're going through, understand that other people have gone through it too. And this isn't a, a battle that you always have to face by yourself. And whether you choose to call on a higher power that I call God, or you choose to call on other people or surround yourself with people that can help you get through that journey. I always want to reiterate to people that you're not alone. And especially here on this stage, guys, we are here. This is what we show up for every single solitary day because we wanna pour into you and we wanna give you that belief in yourself to make you understand that you too can get through anything. You too have all the tools that you need to accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life but it's up to you to take the first step. Right, Brian? I think your, your, your job, right, is to find something you're good at you know, and, and find something you're good at. And after a few thousand hours of practice, you get great at it. And, you know, the, the rewards for that, of being great at something, will make you passionate about whatever that is. You do not, I repeat, you do not have to be passionate about it uh, day one. Nobody's passionate about uh, being an, a, 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 an accountant. Nobody's passionate about being a, uh, an accounting lawyer. Uh, but yet, you know, those things, if you become good or great at them, can give you incredible, incredible rewards. And you can become passionate. I was not passionate about being in the automobile business. It was a job I took uh, on May uh, the 10th, 1982, until something better came along. And I realized, what the hell was it? You know, at the time, in the roaring 80s, Wall Street and the Wolf of Wall Street was getting going right around the corner from where I was working. And many people were going to work for that firm, Stratton Oakmont, these young guys. And I was seeing them driving the fancy cars. And I realized, what were they doing that was different than what I was doing? Well, I wasn't breaking the law, one. Two, um, you know, what they were selling was they were selling stock, commodities. And, and I'm selling cars. And it's a commodity. And I started to really dig into my craft and as I started digging into my craft I got better at it as I got better at it uh, the same amount of time and effort in a day could produce a bigger reward and I realized if I can continue to do that I can continue to grow my income and you know there was a, a, a gentleman that knew uh, knew me when I started out there and he would show up he was a wholesaler and he showed up and said hey you're making a thousand dollars a week yet and this is again 1982 and I wasn't thousand dollars a week no no not yet let me know when you are and, and a few short weeks later because he you know psychologically he set a bar for me and and, and a few a couple of weeks later he came by and said hey yeah, johnny johnny fleetwood i'm making a thousand a week he goes good let me know when you're at 1500 and 1500 i just got to a thousand it took me my whole life it took me you know, i was 22 it took me my whole life to get to a thousand a week now i'm at that now he's on 1500 okay and, and and after a period of time and digging in and learning and getting better at my craft, as mundane as I thought it was at the time, all of a sudden I'm at $1,500 a week. And, 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 and you know, now I'm looking for Johnny, and Johnny comes by. Johnny, I'm at 1500 Okay, let me know when you get to uh, 2000 2000 What the hell makes 2000 Okay. And, and, you know, that journey has not ended for me. Uh, but I can tell you, I was not passionate about what I was doing. I did not like what I did. And it's not always about that. Not all of us can be fashion models. Not all of us can have that dream job. But you, your, your job is to become 
brilliant at the job that you've got, to become excellent at the job that you've got, to be sought out in your field. And, and that will get you passionate about what you're doing. You know, the average baseball player, you know, the, the average earnings for a baseball player, professional baseball player, $18,000 a year. I'm talking about anybody that gets paid to play baseball and everybody. The average about 18000 a year. Average football player, about the same. Average musician, about the same. How many actors do you know? I know lots of actors and actresses. You know what they do? They wait tables most of the time in between gigs. And the average actor or actor is making uh, $20,000 a year, if that. We all look at the, the elite few that have made it, and they became the elite few that made it because when the, the, the poop hit the fan and things were tough, they kept going. They kept persevering. Our job, my job, when I graduated school, was to tell my parents, to show my parents, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, I'm able to stand on my own. I got this. To give them a belief or an understanding, hey, I think my son will be okay. And my job was to convince I'll be okay. Look, look, I, 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 I paid my bills on time. Look, I've got my own apartment. Look, I, I'm, I, I'm being responsible. And I, I think that those journeys uh, never end. For me, uh, digging into what I'm doing in my profession. And now, of course, I'm a, I'm a crackhead when it comes to automobiles. I just freaking love it. I don't know, something's sick in my head about it. Something as mundane as, as selling cars and figuring out how to get the right car in the right person's driveway at the right time and to do that en masse and to do it in scale and to do it in, in a way that leads an industry and changes an industry and changes the world. To, to, to me, you know, I get my, uh, I get my kicks out of that. I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but just, this is you, 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 the, the notion that you've got to have a job that you're passionate about day one is nonsense. I, I've cleaned toilets. I've swept floors as we all have. I'm not passionate about that, but get good at it, and you won't have to do that long. That's the really good thing. Get good at doing that mundane stuff, and somebody there with a brain is going to recognize that and give you something better to do and something of higher value to them. You know, I love that you touched on the the lack of passion for automotive. I remember going in, at, I wasn't even 18 yet. It was two weeks before my 18th birthday, and I went with my mom 10 till 9 at night to go look for a car and ultimately got sold a job right after my 18th birthday. I knew nothing about the car business. My, my grandfather had worked for Chrysler. My uncle had worked for Chrysler their entire lives. So I was always tinkering with them in the garage. They never had the passion for cars. And it's amazing because it, I feel exactly the way that you did. Automotive became my passion in life. I, best, I love it's it. The best kept, it's the best kept secret it in is. business. The best kept it, secret in the industry. Where else can you go? from zero to $100,000 uh, in a relatively short period of time, faster if you pay attention, even faster if you really dig what you're doing. Do it with a smile on your face, do it with a little spring in your step, and, and watch how you can grow income. I've got, I've got people, many people, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about their income, but I will. i got many people that earn more than the President of the United States that are working for me, a little car dealership more than the president of the United States. And they don't have to deal with all those tough decisions. They, they, they just got to show up and dig in. And, and they're masters at their craft. And it's, you know, I say it not to impress anybody or brag, just, you know, some of these guys, I mean, my God, they're not necessarily the best educated, but I'll tell you this, they show up every day to work. They work their butt off. They know their profession and their position in that profession better than uh, just about anybody else in the country. And whatever it is you do, 
Well, I don't care if you're selling staple staplers or, or, or garbage cans or lawn furniture or fireplaces. If you become one of the best at it in the country, you'll make a fortune. You're selling pens. You're selling pencils. Be great at it. You'll make a fortune. You're selling uh, uh, motivational skills, uh, tapes and cassettes or, or, or videos uh, online. And become the best in the country, one of the best in the country, top 10, top 15, and you'll make a fortune. But so many of us have been told, no, it's okay to be in 20th place. It's okay to be, you know, 25th place. It's okay to be, you know, I, I was going bananas last month because my Honda store finished fourth, fourth in the country until they reminded me, boss, we sold all of the cars. There were none left. I went, oh, okay, you got it. And, 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 and the money that they made on the cars would, would make Trump blush. You know, so, you know, it's, we've got to understand that there's something good about winning. Winning is a great aspiration. Not all of us can win, but it should be all of our aspirations. And those lies that we tell ourselves, it's okay not to win. It's okay, Johnny. 27th place is good. Hey, you know, my, that, that wasn't the dad. My dad's a lie. That wasn't my dad. My dad, if I didn't, you know, if he saw me loping and I came in 27th place, it kicked me in the ass. <laughs> what are you doing out there? Hey, don't waste my time. Don't waste your time out there. And I went to a nutritionist, uh, Michelle, a bunch of years ago. And I went to the nutritionist and, and the first, after the first week I get on the scale and it showed improvement, whatever improvement is, four pounds down. And, um, and the next week I went there and I was about the same weight. And he said, listen, Brian, you're, you're in relatively good shape. Don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. If you don't want to do this, just don't do it. And, and he said it with, with an edge. I respond really well to somebody being straight with me. And he was right. And, 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 and you know, I gave him, um, you know, this happened, I had some water. No, don't give me the bullshit. I can tell if you're on the program or you're not on the program. Stick with the program and you'll be there. And uh, sadly, this guy retired, but he was, he was absolutely fantastic. So sometimes, Michelle, on our journey, what, we have to always start out with what's reality. Where are we at now? And we got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Nobody else is going to feel sorry for you. Nobody. Sorry. They've got their own problems. You're going to start bellyaching to them about how the sky is dark. They'll give you a little bit of uh, perfunctory uh, advice, but you're on your own. And so it's it's get that plan set in place and start following. So Glenn's 67-day uh, 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 program, it, it's not meant for anything else but to get you to start taking control over the simple things in life that'll put you in a better direction. Some people go 75 hard and they say, okay, well, you know, what, what's the purpose? What, what, what do I get out of it? You, you get a better version of you. You get a you that has learned to take over the controls of the airplane and to land it wherever you want to land it. Okay. So I got to do these two separate workouts. Well, I don't want to do them separate. I want to do them together. That's not the plan. That's not the direction. You've got to do it separate. Okay. You've got to follow a diet. Oh, I don't like to diet. Hey, pick a diet. Damn it. Your diet, not mine. Pick one <laughs> and follow it. You know, that's, and, and it's brilliant in that because you can't bitch about the diet because it's you get to pick the diet knowing it's not the Twinkies diet and it's not the McDonald's diet. You've got to pick something that causes you to have to to, to have some uh, level of discipline. And then, hey, do, do yourself a favor. Get a book on business and then read 10 pages a day. It's not a big ask. Do that. And, and, and the outcome will be you're going to be 
in some ways uh, changed. And you should have the ability now to put yourself on autopilot after that 75 days where you've learned how to fly the plane that is you. You've learned how to direct the ship that is you. You've learned how to navigate yourself. You've learned how to control yourself by putting yourself through a bunch of hoops that seem meaningless, which is exactly why they're there. And at the end of the day, you come out a better version of you. Hey, Brian, I have a question. This is Barbara. Sorry to interrupt, but you had said that some of your guys that run these dealerships make more money than the president of the United States. I was wondering if they uh, wanted to run the country. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to trigger you. I don't want to trigger that's you. That's what I love about Barbara. That's what I love. Here we go with the Sorry, politics. sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll move. I'm sorry. I'll take, I, I'll take that back. I just, I couldn't control myself. It's Monday. Oh my <laughs> and my coffee. Okay, back to you, of, Michelle. Everything is doing Barbara, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, that was your ass. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Sorry. My I bad. Sorry, Glenn. House, but <laughs> yeah, we're gonna save that for the Thursday night show that we're gonna we're gonna get, and we're gonna right. light it up. You know, I mean, you set night. me up, Brian. You set me up. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll keep it back. <laughs> seeing if you're paying it. Seeing if you're paying attention. Hey, but but you know, don't we need strong people? Don't we need strong leaders? Don't we need strong leaders at every level? And what and, and this notion. It has swept the country. I'm sorry, this woke generation of, of do-nothing people that say it's okay to be nothing and do nothing, and, and somebody owes you a living. I mean, I, I I don't know. My hair goes on fire when I hear stuff like that. Well, let's because not get us Brian, in trouble. Brian, Brian, Brian. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Check this out, Brian. Check this out, Brian. You're going to love this. So my son is playing soccer. He, he uh, tried out and made it for the uh, the travel soccer team. And they've got a new a new coach, and this their coach played professional soccer uh, 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 overseas. Yeah, he's he's German, and they won. Their They're not game. woke in Germany. Yeah, they they won their game, fourteen to one. And after they won the game, my my son got his first two goals of the season. They won the game fourteen to one, and after the game, he brought the whole team right in front of all the parents, and he sat everybody down. And he said, this game that you just played, great game. We, we, we had fun. You played a great game. And you were supposed to win. You beat this team before. He said, but I want to make something very clear to each of you. These kids are 9, 10, and 11. He said, I want to make something very clear to each of you and to every parent that's listening right now. The last few weeks of practice have been ridiculous. You kids have been talking back to your coaches. You're not putting in any effort. And so I want to make something very clear. When I say run, you say how fast. When I say jump, you say how high. The teams that are beating you week in and week out are the teams that we're playing to beat, not this team that you already know how to beat. If you won't put in the effort, you will not play on this team. And then he kicked his own son off the team. He said, my son is suspended for the rest of this year. He cannot play on this team. However, if he wants to play on next year, he can practice, not with us, but beside us. And he pointed at the field. He said, my son will practice over there, and we will practice over here. And if he shows up every day with the effort and energy and shows that he wants to be a part of this team, we'll let him play again next year. But he was talking back. He wasn't putting in effort, and I'm leading by example. My own son will not play. 
So you guys listen, and this was the final part that I'll share. He said, we are here to have fun, but we are going to have fun by pushing you, by pushing you beyond the limits that you believe you are capable of. We're going to have fun by pushing you, by striving to excellence, by running hard, by jumping as far as we can. We will have fun by winning. That's how we'll have fun. And I was like, yes, my son finally yes, has a coach. Yes. Man, oh my God, send this... that guy a gratitude <laughs> gift. Yes. I mean, there yeah. needs to be more people like that in our, and especially our kids' lives, right? You know, there, well, there's, there's, can't there's some parents no. on the sideline. There's some parents on the sideline going, well, I don't think that's right. Well, that's why you're not. My kid coach. deserves a trophy just for playing. <laughs> that's not the world that we live in. That's not reality. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, I was saying uh, Saturday when I, when I had a bad game. Uh, and, you know, the hockey rink was some 45 minutes away from the home. I knew it was going to be a long drive home because uh, my dad wasn't one for excuses. And, you know, I was a goalie. So, you know, the goalie is the only position on the on the ice. They count your mistakes up on the scoreboard. And every other position, they don't count your mistakes. But when you're a goalie, they count your mistakes. And I, I could get away with one excuse or so, but not uh, four, five, six. And, and my dad didn't want to hear it. And Glenn, you know, there, there's... I, you know, hopefully there's a movement back towards that uh, kind of mentality that, uh, you know, you know they say treat others as you'd like uh, yourself to be treated. And, and, and if I were to give somebody my children, I want them to do other, to my children as I do to their children. And I would hope that somebody wouldn't take, if somebody had to take over and parenting my children, I would hope that somebody wouldn't just let them off the hook. I would hope that somebody wouldn't let them eat ice cream five times a day i would hope that somebody wouldn't let them just watch television on the couch that that's not my idea of doing unto others my, my son dated a, a young gal who came from very wealthy parents and i mean very wealthy parents and they, they had the ability to go on a trip to hawaii uh, and they were going to hawaii forget this a month and they were staying at the saint regis hotel in hawaii for a month and my son was 16 at the time and the, the room he was staying in was three thousand dollars a night and um, when, when, before they went, the father had his uh, secretary send me a 21-page electronic disclosure form. That they're not going to be responsible. If this happens, that happens. He'd taken every precaution. I'm like, this, what? this guy's a little weird. Okay, and I looked at it. Uh, and, and, and if he gets injured, that they could make the, the audible in the field what to do. And that I would not hold them, and I'd hold them harmless. I thought, really strange. When they were out there on vacation in the summer for a month, they had uh, uh, somebody doing work with them, schoolwork with them, and having them read for over an hour a day. They had cultural trips that they had to go on for this for this vacation, and 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 sadly, uh, this this young lady and my son uh, broke up. I didn't particularly care uh, for the woman, but I had amazing respect for the discipline that the parents put on, and and and, and I know that those actions, and those activities, helped to make my son uh, a better person. And, you know, so it would have been nice to say, hey, you know, that nobody's going to tell my son what to do. My son was a volunteer. He could have said, no, I'm not going. I, I was a volunteer. I had the option to say, no, he's not going. I thought that, you know, the, the, the parents have really taken some, some steps there. And they were a little bit maybe over the top on it. But, uh, you know, my, my son showed me uh, that they had to read, they had to read a, a book or two books when they were there. And I thought, that's, that's, that's freaking awesome. What a great lesson for kids to learn. So I, I, I think you make better citizens when you hold your kids to account. And that's, you know, one of my roles uh, is to make sure that my kids, all of them, 
uh, are good citizens and make a contribution. Uh, not that they, they, they suckle at the breast of the nation, but that they add to, to, to the nation that they uh, are blessed to live in. Yeah, man, I, I'm so with you on that. And I probably would have been a little bit put off by that too. But hey, you know what? Kudos to somebody that's actually taking charge and, and putting those things in place because I think sometimes uh, we get the complete opposite end of that spectrum. I know I had friends <laughs> growing up that their parents were never there. We were just left hey, to hey, run. Hey, Glenn, Glenn to, to your soccer, your German soccer coach, who was a former professional soccer player, I had a uh, my hockey coach, Norm Ryder, was a professional hockey player in the NHL when there were nine teams, not not today when there's a hundred teams, but nine. And if you put, had a position there, it said something. That guy was tough as nails, tough as nails. And there is not a player that plays for him to this day. I'm 60 now not, that wouldn't run through a brick wall for this guy. And, and, and I mean, literally, somebody asked me, you know, how did your father instill work ethic in you? My father shot hockey pucks at my head. He kept telling me I'm turning my head when the puck comes by my head. And I said, no, I'm not. And so he shot pucks at my head, and I got hit in the ear with a puck, and I'm bleeding. And he said, see, if you weren't turning your head, you wouldn't have got hit in the ear. Uh, it's just, just a different world that we're in today that we think we're going to make hard people that can stand on their own by being soft on them and coddling them. And we even have terms for it now, helicopter mom. You know, uh, well, my, my mother was a kamikaze mom, not a helicopter mom. And, and you know, tough, tough, uh, tough, and, and loving at the same time. And I think that that's really what we need to do. We've got to have that watering can and the fertilizer uh, at, at all times. And the fertilizer is in the form of poop, you know, unfortunately. You gotta, you gotta be able to take that if you want to grow green kids. I hear you, my friend. I'm gonna circle this back real quick, guys. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, Sometimes our, our our talks take a turn, so I just want to recap these seven things real quick, guys. If you well, want that's Barbara. You got to blame Barbara for that. It's She's Bar always causing trouble. Fault. Right. <laughs> taking us taking us off course. Uh, you know what? That's the grateful beauty of this, for though. it, though. Grateful right? for it. Right. The conversations that happen in these rooms are incredible. So, guys, if you want any of the seven tips that Brian and I talk about, you can click on my profile picture. Join my VIP text club. It's absolutely free. I'll make sure that you guys get these seven tips this morning right on over. So I'm just going to recap again. We were talking this morning about seven tips for turning your mess into a message. Uh, so I'm just going to run through these. Number one, decide that you won't give up no matter what. Number two, shift your mindset to a bigger picture mentality. Number three, focus on your strengths. Number four, remember that you are not alone. Number five, and I think this is a big one, I'm not gonna go through all of my notes, but number five, stop people pleasing, right? When we're in tough times that plague our lives, we typically try to keep them to ourselves because we are afraid about what other people will think. When you're able to let go of that fear of what other people think of you, your life will change. Number six, share your story, just do it. Ask yourself if what you're, what you're going through could encourage or help someone else. More often than not, the answer to that question is yes. And number seven, my favorite of all of my tips, I say it all the time, please surround yourself with superhumans. You're making a big step by being here, showing up every day. Uh, I think it's important that you know you surround yourself with the uplifters and the movers and the shakers. Brian, I'm sure you agree I, I, with I've that, got, my friend. I, 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 yeah, I've got, I've got a number eight that I think uh, usurps all of them. Number eight always focus focus on the solution 
Don't focus on the problem. Whatever you focus on, you'll get more of. And so when you focus on the solution, the way out, the path forward, you're one step closer to getting there. And so many of us look at the problem. The problem's debt. Look, I'm in debt. 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 Shut up. Okay, I understand that. You're in debt. Now, okay, so what do we focus on? The solution. How do we get out of debt? One, let's stop spending money. Two, let's try and uh, get a plan together, uh, you know, pay off the highest interest rate debt. You know, and the same thing if you don't lose weight. Oh, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. Okay, well, stop eating. Let's start there. And let's cut that down. And let's start moving. And it, my business is failing. It's failing. It's failing. Well, moaning about it is not going to get it. But why is it failing? What can we do about it? And let's start today. So focusing on the solutions. And so many people focus on the problems ad nauseum. And as a result, they have more problems. Leave, you know, we always say, leave the problems at the door before you get into business. Put them in a paper bag outside the door. And that paper bag, I promise you, will still be there when you're ready to leave work at the end of the day. But when you bring those problems into the office with you, now you've got two problems because you're going to need a job soon. Because when you're in, inside your business focusing on your problems, you're in no step closer to solving those problems. And you're probably going to screw up your business. Now you've got more problems. Yes, 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 yes. And thank you guys again for staying with us for this past hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.